I, you know, I always want to improve. Everyone always wants to learn. And in our jobs, there is a lot of rejection and we have to really just accept that we can be doing everything right. And there will be rejection and we can't let that control our emotions. And as I mentioned, I'm a very emotional person. So that's why this was such a big lesson that I had to learn. And I'm still having to remind myself of every single day that we're working towards our own goals it's lovely to work with other people. And as soon as it gets to the point where we're feeling worse about ourselves because we're not doing as well as others, that's where we have to cut it off. We yes. can't compare ourselves past there. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited today. I'm bringing a, uh, an amazing young leader, Angie Lister. Uh, Angie spent three years in uh, Windsor, a uh, Western student, uh, graduate from uh, Western, but three years in Windsor as a, as a top performer. This last year, she basically more than doubled her, her business in her third year and has been recruited on as a business coach um, on the window cleaning side of the business, student works management program. And really, we just get into just a whole bunch of really amazing conversations about personal development, about ways that Angie discovered what she needed to do to become the best leader she could be. Because so much of leadership, it's, you know, yes, you can read about it in books, but really we've got to discover it for ourselves. We've got to figure out what does Chris need to do? What does Angie need to do to really make a jump? to that next level and, and, and continued growing and learning. So um, right now we're in the middle of our recruiting season. We're looking for amazing young leaders like Angie. So if you know of any amazing people, please send them my way. See Thompson at studentworks.com. You can send them to our website at studentworks.com, or you could send them this uh, podcast. Thanks so much. Have an unbelievably great day. Angie, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hello. <laughs> really excited to to have you and uh and and it's been an exciting you know and we'll get to that exciting exciting a uh, little little stretch for you wrapping up uh the season of 2021. So in changing locations etc. But why don't we jump back to you know who was Angie what what were you like before the program and any frustrations that you had? What was I like before the program? Well, uh, if you try and ask the people who were around me then, it would actually be quite difficult because, you know, a lot of people say you are kind of the sum of the, the five people you're around. And the people that I'm closest with has definitely changed a lot over the right. years that I spent in the program. And I think that really is kind of a testament to how much I've changed, right. not necessarily cutting anyone off, but just, you know, developing and growing. And, and I was not as nearly as an accountable person, I guess I've got a way to go in a lot of areas, but before the program, um, I was not as accountable. I was not as open-minded and I really was on the path of, you know, I'm 
doing these in high school so that I can go to university to do my kinesiology program so that I can do this after my second year, do this after my third year, hopefully go to med school, you know, very planned out. And there wasn't really any thought in my mind about exploring anything outside of that because that was always what I was really good at in high school. And I just wanted to, you know, I was like, let's stick to that. Right. So that's one thing that has has changed a lot since before the program. So yeah, I would say it was more, I just didn't really see the possibilities that I could really just take on in my life. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably not okay. changed. Awesome. So what are top performers doing differently that you notice in our program? Okay. Actually, this reminds me of uh, just at our banquet recently. Right. I remember in one of your speeches, you said, um, the people who are top performers now were working on themselves in the fall. And I remembered that because I was like, interesting. I'm not trying to say that I'm like out there at the top of the top of the pack. Um, but I did do better this year than I have in previous years. And one thing that I was doing a lot in the fall was working on myself. And I actually have really wanted to work on that again. Yeah. Because I did slip up on that in the summer when things get busy. And when I was really performing well at the, like actually selling the most, doing the most quotes, improving on a lot of my skills, that was in the beginning of the year before production started and we started doing our projects and painting right. and everything really got busy. And that's when I think I was really actually doing my best. And then when I got more busy, I put that working on myself on the back burner. And then some things were still going well and then other areas yeah. started to decline. So that's something I want to work on a lot is just trying to integrate it. So when I'm busy, it doesn't slip up, but um, yeah, that's something that I think that top performers are doing differently. They're not just focusing on doing well, they're focusing on being well overall. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, you know, there's stories of, um, you know, top alumni like Govin Yayaraman and, uh, and um, gosh, the CEO of Facebook, all of a sudden his name's slipping my, my mind, Zuckerberg, but I forgot his name yesterday re- too. reading, reading a book in their office. So, so just like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not just focusing on what to do for the business today. I'm, I'm focused on again, you know, self-renewal and, and, uh, and learning and growing and, 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 and just like, just like eating properly or going to the gym and, and that, you know, it is a great thing to sort of see all of a sudden when things are really performing at their best, maybe the business is performing at their best. I need to keep sharpening the saw, getting better, getting better, getting better, or things will start to fray. You know, and 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 it's kind of that balance thing as as things get out of balance. Now, maybe things are really performing well. I have to bring them back into balance or ultimately things will start to fray for sure. So so that's a that's a great thing to to bring yeah. to, to, to focus on. And again, something that we always try to use our off seasons as a way to bring back balance, bring back learning, bring back, you know, what new habits can we create? you know, uh, or, or what new structures can we put into place or what structures were we doing and now we're not doing to move forward. Yeah. And actually a really great example I've just thought of, because, um, I remember in the beginning of the year, uh, one of our trainings, you spoke about like gratitude and just the importance of that and being grateful for things. Yes. And 
um, in the fall, I'm very picky when it comes to finding a journal because I want it to just be exactly what I kind of want to focus on. I found this really, really great one. And then you spoke about gratitude and I was like, that's something I want to try. And I thought it wouldn't work, which is why I wanted to try it. I was like, it's not going to do anything. And um, I tweaked it a little bit. Instead of just thinking of what I'm grateful for uh, each day, after I made my to-do list, I would think of the things that I was the least excited for. And then I would find small pieces of them that I am grateful for. And and that made a huge difference. For example, um, I used to really hate marketing, like going door to door and knocking on doors. And I just told myself it's something that I had to do. And then once I started doing that earlier in the year, focused on the fact of how I'm very grateful that I can knock on someone's door in January and they could literally hand me a deposit for painting months later. Yeah. And, and I've never, never marketed more in any other year. I didn't even have a marketing team. It was just me. So that, that definitely is huge. 100%. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, I've got to tell you a lot of times I really don't like going to the gym. I don't like how it makes me feel right. You know, the pain or whatever. And on the other hand, I go, no, that actually is just a first order consequence of feeling better. So it's the same thing. There are things in our life that are going to be that way. So that's just, that's just, uh, you know, awesome to, to, to identify that. So what did you, uh, you know, why don't we walk through, you know, your first year's experience, you know, how did you, how did you experience your first year at, uh, and what, what do you look back on, on that Angie? So my first year, um, well, my first year as an operator was not my first year in the realm of painting because the year previous to that, I was a painter for student works painting. And, uh, so when I took on the role, got the opportunity to be an operator, I definitely had this chip on my shoulder once I realized that not everyone there had painting experience. Right. I think that really is the beginning of my ego journey. (laughs) That's where that really is where it kind of started. And it did help me in a lot of ways, but I think in the big picture, I, it really is an advantage to not have that experience because it, uh, it clouded my judgment. I thought I was better than everybody. I would look at our little stats page where we could see all the other operators and how they're doing. And I'd been like, these people have never painted before. I can't wait until they start to do their jobs. They're going to fail. And I was just so negative. I don't even know why. Right. Um, but, uh, I got so in my head. I was so, I didn't reach out to anyone in the network because of my ego. I was so alone and, um, and I was down in Windsor, which is the bottom of Canada. So geographically, even it's hard to see people, but I was just, it was me, my painters and my clients. And we were just working. I was painting so much. Um, and it really was, I, I thought I was working so hard, which I was, but I was just working in all the wrong ways. And, and I would just spend a day working and I thought that would make me better. I'm like, I'm so great because I just spent 12 hours painting a house. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that kind of is the best. That's the good picture of what my first year was like. Just, I really had a chip on my shoulder, big ego. And I uh, didn't think I really had much to learn, which is just completely wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, no. And, and what's, what's great about that 
is is that you see it now. What's 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 great is you know you're pointing out uh, to our leaders is is again you know when you're running a business, the thing to do is not to actually do something that you can have somebody go handle for you. You should be focused on something else. So highlighting that 12 hour painting days is not what the business is about. It's about running the business, sales, marketing, planning, organization, time management. And the one thing I'll say is, is that it's something that we talk to all of the people who have either window cleaned before or painted is that it's a disadvantage unless you don't see it as an advantage at all. Of course, it's an advantage unless I, I'm doing what Angie's doing. So thanks for sharing that. It's like, it's like, yeah, I think it's an advantage. Well, anytime I think it's an advantage, it's a problem. You know, one, one thing that we love to share here is I'm happy, but never satisfied. That's a Michael Dell from Dell Computers, Dell Technologies. And that's, that's one of his things. I'm only unhappy where we are, but never satisfied. You know, and 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 because so many people, again, it's they ride the up and down of ego, you know, you know, oh, we're winning. Oh, no, I suck. I'm, I'm behind, you know, so it's it's just it's just managing that. So I so I so I love that you shared that experience about, you know, coping with that that first year. And on the other hand, your business was successful. You know, you made the you made the top performer trip uh, and. Obviously, you saw other things. So, going into that second season, what, what, how did you set yourself up? What, you know, how did that, you know, transpire? So, going into my second season was not much different. There, what the biggest change was between my second and third year, but going into my second season, there was even more of a little ego up coming into play yeah. because my thoughts were. Now I've run a business for the year. I'm not a first-time business owner. People in this town know me. If they want their house painted, it's by Angie Lister. <laughs> I know everything. I right. answered every paint question. I already know how to sell. Um, so I'm just going to go out and do it again. And like I was in a place where I thought people were just going to call me. And, and right. I was just going to book jobs. And, and that did nothing for me. If you just objectively look at the numbers, I almost did exactly the same in my second year as I did in my first year. Um, in terms of business revenue, very similar. Uh, even my booking rate was very, very similar. It didn't even improve going into the estimates, being able to convert more people into projects. So that kind of is a testament to how little I focused on learning in my second year. I was still in that same mindset that I knew everything. Yep. And I feel bad for my coach, Luke Fenn. I feel like I just got to give him a shout out. There must, he was just chipping away at like a stone. A stone. I am uncoachable. I am uncoachable. And this is the example of where people say, I've got 25 years of experience. No, I have 25 years of the same experience, one year, one year, one year. So Angie basically had two years of the same experience. And you can see no more profit, no more growth in skills or experience. And why? Being uncoachable, right? And, and by the way, for our leaders, I've had this conversation with Angie. I know that this was what she was ex she was experiencing, you know, um, and then there was a huge breakthrough, which is which is again what we're always looking for in our in our business. So so what happened 
you know, for this third season? Like what, what, like basically you did 90, 90, and then 225. <laughs> so, so, you know, in two years, you know, in the third year, you did way more, way, way, way more profitable, way better, you know, well, way more well managed and running. I, I, I saw you in the middle of summer having conversations and there's no paint on your hands. There's no painting for Angie, et cetera. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so how did all that happen? So I, uh, I, first of all, I know that I, I understand that there was definitely a demand for our services this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I still think that there was, there definitely was a big difference between my performance and my mindset between the years. And there really is a moment that I can remember that kind of set the, set the tone for all the changes. I was listening to, um, the weekly call I was driving in my car, it was December, the beginning of December last year. And usually people don't market till January. And I was like, I'm going to get a jump on it. I'm going to be better than everyone else. I'm going to yeah. do something. Luke told me to go knock on doors for like five hours. And, and then it got a little rainy and dark. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I won't knock on doors, but at least I'll print off mailbox signs and I'll go tape them up. Right. And this was before I learned how to love marketing. Okay. And so I was driving around thinking that I was doing the best thing for my business. And I was listening to the weekly call between mailboxes and I just thought I was doing amazing. And then it was John Morgan or Austin Trudeau that said, you don't deserve success at any point in your life. You are a blank slate and from this point, you have to work to earn what you what you will bring. Right. And it's very blunt. And some people who know me might say I'm quite an emotional person or a softy. But right. sometimes when it comes to coaching, it's things like that that really hit deep. And I told myself every single day, if I didn't, if I felt like not going marketing, I would like look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, do you actually think you deserve to book a job if you don't go and knock on doors right now? Sure. Like you're a first year. This is your first time out. No one is going to call you. Right. Go find the work. And just reminding myself every day, like as much experience as I've had, like you said, I'm still like a blank slate and the learning is starting now. That So yeah, hearing that quote was kind of the beginning of it all. And then I really, really tried to focus on just learning more from everyone around me. Right. And that, that really made a big difference last year. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. And, 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 you know, for our leaders, uh, we do, we focus a lot early on in January, February, March on knocking on doors and less so as we enter the season, because January, February, March, no one is thinking about home services or very few people are. So we're actually going and stimulating the market. And then later on, the market comes back to us. You know, we've got people to call because we've talked to them and we call them later. And, and so, so that's the, that's the process, but, but so, and what, what would you look at Angie in terms of how often did you talk to fellow operators this year versus your first and second year? Uh, huge change, very yeah. dramatic change in my, I, I cannot stress enough. I talked to no one in my first year. I think the only time I talked to someone was if I was reaching out to the other operator to borrow a 40 foot ladder, right. um, which happened like twice. Right. So, um, but now this year, I remember at the beginning of the year, 
I started off right away having a, an 8.30 a.m. phone call every morning with Maddie Quirk. Um, we would just talk about our day. Yeah. And then then we made a, our our morning accountability call got a little bit more known. And we, we got to recruit Tyrus Reed. He joined in for a while, which was really sweet. Um, I know Harry Mettings set up a lovely Monday weekly call with, with me and some of the girls, which was sick. And then, um, and then I had like my meeting with Luke every week. I had meetings with like uh, Panacea and Suraj. And, and I know I talked to Greg Bell a ton. So um, I know no one probably knows who I'm talking about unless you're in student works, but um, just lots of people speaking to, even just like calling Kathleen and Caitlin yeah. um, every single day. That was a huge shout out to them. <laughs> And, it's, and it makes all the difference. And what you'll see, you know, uh, overwhelmingly is successful people reach out to other successful people who are doing what they're doing to, again, get, oh, what am I missing? What's going well? What's not going well? Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, look what they're working on right now. It just makes all the difference. You know, we we, we can just get so, so stuck in our head, as Angie was talking about earlier, right? Where our ego's running the day, you know, and you're you're not making as powerful decisions. And when you're working with other people, it can make a real, real difference. So I'm just so glad you, you brought that up. So, you know, I know the summer really was, was really remarkable growing your business from like 90 to 225,000. And I remember talking to you in, in August and just, it was just like, just going along. So, so exceedingly well, and you were planning on moving to Ottawa to become a business coach, which is awesome. Now, what happened all of a sudden we we started to run into some problems so what happened to complete your summer uh you know and 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 make it make it different than maybe you'd first imagine uh well yeah there definitely were challenges uh i just want to mention i think they just started construction or something upstairs. oh so there's some noise okay that's okay you may hear something it's not too yeah. bad though yeah but um something that was a little rocky like this construction was the last few weeks. So um, when I found out, when you gave me that lovely call to find out that I would be moving to Ottawa and being a business coach, very exciting. And so excited. That's really all I want to think about. And one of the biggest struggles was just knowing I couldn't start that part of my life for basically a month. Right. Um, and I had to focus on my business, which I absolutely love. And, yeah. and it was just interesting to now think that that was something holding me back so i'm like i uh -huh. love my business but now i want to be over there <laughs> right um and that probably led me to you know i was a little bit more complacent with things not handling things as well as i should have which probably was what made some problems just in the past few weeks um so it was getting near the end and i really wanted everything to work out perfectly so I just had it in my head. This is what we're going to do. I planned it out. If everything goes well, this is when we're going to finish. Yeah. And just as we all know, it rarely goes well. It almost never goes exactly what we planned. And I know John Morgan on the weekly call, when he talks about his payrolls, he says, given, given the average amount of screw ups, this is what we should do. And I just think that's, that's exactly how you need to think about it. Because mm -hmm. um, I didn't plan for any problems. I was like, okay, ah. this is how much work is left. I don't even need to look at the job site. That's, that's, that's what that needs to be done. This is what we're going to do. We're going to be fine. And um, there were some problems coming up, like areas of the 
certain houses we didn't even know how to paint. We were doing this big job on a break wall. And it's so large that you can't just stand in one spot and look at it all. Like you actually would have to either go on a boat and boat around to the other side or drive around to the other side of a marina for five minutes just to see what is over there. So there was like a whole section that wasn't even done and, and we thought it was, so we just never checked it. And, and so on our last day, like everything's going to be finished. And I didn't learn until like four o'clock that day that none of the projects were going to be finished. And that was, it was August 31st. My painters were leaving for school. So I had a lot of uh, panic in that moment. It was sure. a very roller coaster of an evening. Um, I had no clue what to do. I had never called Luke more in a day. And he right. answered the phone so much. That's actually huge. Um, it's like he knew I was going through it. And I really was hoping every time I called him, I was hoping he was going to say, Angie, just ask them if you can return those parts of the job and give them a little bit of a discount. Um, of course, he never said that. Yes. <laughs> I resented him for it. He actually made me work. Yes. And I was still panicking. I didn't know how I was going to do it all by myself. I went home. I cried. <laughs> and then um, I called uh, Maddie Burke, one of my lovely, lovely friends and accountability buddies. And just spontaneously we were like can we just help each other out and so for the rest of the week we just drove to each other's turf spent nights at each places helped wrap each uh, wrap up our hardest projects and uh, it was wild when we were in Stratford, we were on 40 foot lift when we were in windsor we were on a raft paddling through a canal with epoxy to roll it onto this break wall i cannot tell you how many obstacles we had to jump over with that job there was one point where i had to go into the river for this spot that was so hard to paint i was wrapped like a koala around uh like a dog post with one arm rolling this wall just to get it done right um, and we collected the check. It was the largest check I've ever collected yeah. and it was worth it. I was standing there soaking wet. I'm like, I cannot imagine this guy not handing me a final payment right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was a lot, uh, a lot of hoops to jump through and just to wrap it all up in a bow. If it was just me in that moment, if I didn't have the people that I met through student works, I would have given up and I would have called those clients and asked if we could just return those parts of the project. And I likely would have just then kept taking the easy way out, even though that's a difficult conversation to have yeah. it's the easy way out. And um, because of them, they kept me accountable. I finished those projects and um, I really am grateful for that. I can actually just say like I finished all my projects for the year and that really is huge to be able to say. So yeah, well, it's 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 awesome. And and again, I appreciate the authenticity and and really, you know, again, you know, one of the things that happens, you know, it's kind of you ride the ego, and all of a sudden the ego says, "Wow, I'm really winning. Wow, I'm really successful." And instead of making sure that all the jobs are getting done, going and checking it out, doing all the things that we coach at the end of the year we all of a sudden aren't coachable and we're not doing it. Right. And then we get impacts and the impacts are the jobs aren't done. The impacts are, I have to paint when we we're just talking earlier in the podcast, Hey, what, we're not going to do that. 
And sometimes there's just nothing else to do because the team has gone to school and we, we got to get, we got to get onto the next part of our life and complete, complete these jobs. So it's really, really awesome. And, um, you know, the thing about, thing about, I know personal development and learning is, is that, is that we're just going to keep learning these things until we actually get it down, go, okay, not going to do that. What do we need to do? What what sort of things can we put into place? So so really really awesome to see. Um, so any any anything else that you discovered this past year in your business? Anything else that I discovered? There was quite a lot. Um, before that, I just want to say I would be remiss if I talked about our season and didn't give a shout out to the people that worked with me, my my production manager and our crew chiefs and our painters. Yeah, uh, they they played the biggest roles in it and. When uh, when I was slipping up, they were making up for my slack. So I wanted to give them all a shout out. It would just be there. It would be the ego driving the wheel if I didn't. So uh, <laughs> well done. They are yes, listening. I think that's very fair. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to say that. Um, and so other things that I learned this year. One thing that I haven't mentioned yet. So a big thing was the ego, just reminding myself to learn, like learning from everyone. I remember our first few trainings and calls, I had a sticky note on my laptop that said, shut up and listen, because I talked way too much. And um, so that that's a huge one. And the other one, uh, another learning lesson I had was just around how I looked at my own goals. Okay. Because last year, I set a really, really big goal and I could not tell you why for the life of me. I just picked a number because it sounded amazing to be able to hit that. And um, I didn't really think about what it would do for me or why I wanted it. And I did that this year when I was setting my goal. I said, this is the life that I want for myself after the summer. So in November, I was thinking about the future I wanted, how I would need to get it even specifically like how much I have to pay for tuition, what I want to pay for rent, what are the other things that I have as expenses, what are the luxuries that I want. And in that way, every time I thought of my goal, I would think about what it would bring to me. And it was a lot more motivating. And it was easier to remember that we have our goals and they're the most important thing to focus on rather than how everyone else is doing. Yes. Because we have our lovely stats page and I love it and I'm obsessed with it. And I love using it to see what people are doing well so I can reach out to them rather than trying to just race everybody. Sure. Uh, And it was something that I had to do a lot this year, reminding myself that I set my own goal. My goal was not to be the top operator in the company. My goal was this number. So as long as I'm doing exactly what I need to do or even a little bit better to hit my goal then I need to practice like not being hard on myself when things don't go well, because I, you know, I always want to improve. Everyone always wants to learn. And in our jobs, there is a lot of rejection and we have to really just accept that we can be doing everything right. And there will be rejection and we can't let that control our emotions. And as I mentioned, I'm a very emotional person. So that's why this was such a big lesson that I had to learn. And I'm still having to remind myself of every single day that we're working towards our own goals. It's lovely to work with other people. And as soon as it gets to the point where we're feeling worse about ourselves because we're not doing as well as others, that's where we have to cut it off. We yes. can't compare ourselves past there. 
Yeah, that's so great. So great. You know, it's like, it's like these, you know, competition, et cetera. That's really wonderful when we're feeling good. If we're not feeling good, turn it off, get coaching, self-compassion, self-love, you know, just seeing, oh, all of a sudden, like you said, you all of a sudden start to become, or I will do the same thing, start to become hard on myself, start to be judging myself. That's not going to help. That's not it. That's not going to help you achieve your goals and help you uh, become all that you can be. So Angie, um, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? What comes to mind? When I think of leader of tomorrow, um, the first things that come to my mind are very innovative people, you know, thinking of new ideas all the time. But when I really think of a leader, I think of someone who wants the best for the greatest amount of people. And they're working to make that possible, not just wanting it, but they're working for it. And they're also just very engaging and they're able to enroll other people in their vision. Now they, it's kind of like the package deal. They, they want, they have a vision, they want it, and they're actually able to, you know, bring other people into what they want and so that they can achieve that. And, um, and probably also just along with everything else that I mentioned today, always learning, um, you know, very humble. Um, I think those are traits that really breed, they, you know, it fosters an environment for people to do well and, and, and learning more because, my mom always said, knowledge is power. So learning is just the acquisition of power. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I love, I love, uh, you know, the humility. And uh, again, we've talked a lot about today, just about, you know, managing our egos, managing the ups and downs, right. Of, of being a leader. Wow. Some days we feel like, wow, we're just so good. And some days, oh, we're not right. And, and, and then also something that you're, you've identified about yourself and I'm sure many of the leaders listening identify it. Wow. I'm very emotional. You know, some people are not as emotional. Some people are more emotional. So, so it's like, Oh, how, how is that impacting me? Right. And, and by the way, as well, I want anybody hearing that it's a strength of Angie's her emotional, you know, the emotional part of her and it's a weakness. It's both. Right. All of these things with us, our strengths are our weaknesses, our weaknesses are our strengths. So and if we manage to to uh, limit the emotional part of our life that makes it a weakness, then it can just bloom and become a real strength. Because for me as well, I'm quite an emotional person as well, uh, you know, and that's a strength, you know, because I've learned how to manage that as a weakness. So so, Angie, I'm just so excited about you know, just your, your, your path and, and all that you've developed in the last three years. Can't wait to see what you're going to be up to moving forward in your role as a business coach. Um, so uh, let's crush it up in Ottawa. And thanks so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Will do. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. You bet. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast 
interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.